right, Avalanche fans, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever and wherever you may be listening, and thank you for joining the Locked On Avalanche podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. I'm your host, Chris Maselli, with another episode of the podcast dedicated to your Colorado Avalanche, and as always, this episode is brought to you by Built Bar at BuiltBar.com. So, what do we got today? We will be talking about another what-if scenario, and this what-if deals with the Colorado Avalanche and not acquiring Taylor Hall. Um, if we do get hockey back, we we have said the Avs will be in a good position because all of those uh, injured players, and all those injuries they had throughout the season, all those players will be back, but that also might pose a problem in in lines and the sports social podcast which has been doing a really good job filling in these uh, blank days when it comes to hockey um talked about that and it's something that we or at least i never really thought of um as far as it being a good problem to have so we're going to talk about that as well and before we do anything else like we always do follow the show on the social media, on Twitter, LOPN underscore Avalanche. Follow on Instagram, search for Lockdown Avalanche. And send any questions, comments, concerns, or opinions to LockdownAvalanche at gmail.com. All right, so recently I signed on, I guess you could say, with MileHighSticking.com to write some articles uh, whenever I really see fit for the website. And there is an article coming out, which might be today, uh, today or tomorrow. And it's kind of in this what if realm. And I kind of just like decided to combine the two between this podcast and the article uh, that will be out at Mile High Sticking. And the the question that I posed and talked about was, was it, I guess it's not so much a question in the article, but it is for the purposes of the what if segment here. Uh, and it's, it's what if the avalanche did trade for Taylor Hall? Now, the way that I kind of phrase it in the article is uh, you, you get more of the the genius behind Joe Sackick and it, and not landing him makes him look even more so like a genius, not even knowing that the coronavirus would wreak havoc uh, the way that it has. But, what if the Avalanche did get Taylor Hall in the trade and they wanted him? They were involved heavily in the sweepstakes for Taylor Hall. Obviously, ended up not landing him. Went to the Coyote. Um, I almost said the Coyote Uglies. Sorry. The Coyote, uh, Arizona Coyotes. And um, for for what they gave up for him, if we don't have a season, and this goes for for all of the deals that happened throughout the season and at the trade deadline, if we end up not having a season, those teams that made deals as far as like the Devils, the Devils made a lot of deals or a good amount of deals uh, for their future. And right now, you don't know how those prospects are going to play out, but right now they, they win because nothing really changed for them. Teams like Arizona if there's no season, they lose huge, especially if, you know, if Taylor Hall doesn't sign, re-sign with them. The only thing that they win in that aspect is they don't have to give up 
higher a higher draft pick as far as a round for next season. But the Abs could be in could have been in that situation right now, where they they could have given up a good chunk of their future. And and let's face it, the Abs' future is looking good. And if they had given up some players, would it would it be a dire situation? Like they they sacrificed their entire future for Taylor Hall? No, but it but the players that that were connected to him that the Devils wanted were the upper echelon of our prospect pool in Bowen Byram, uh, and some are thrown around um, Tyson Jost, which. You know, he's a polarizing player right now, but the the Avs still have high hopes for him. So my question was, what if the Avs did a deal when the deal was done? Say in December, mid-December. Um, I think Taylor Hall has like 35 games or so under his belt in uh, Arizona. So say they, they got 35 games out of him. It wouldn't make a difference if they got 35 games out of him or acquired him at the trade deadline like they did with Nemetsnikov and get nine games out of him because the end result is still the same in what you have right now, which is uncertain. You don't know if this season is going to continue. And I can guarantee you fans of the Coyotes are thinking, we just gave up guys for a rental that in all likelihood won't re-sign with Arizona. I can't see Taylor Hall and and the the ego that he has, and I don't mean that as a slight, uh, wanting to stay in a market like Arizona. I just don't see it. I think he's going to go to a bigger market. So if we don't get any hockey in this season, the towel is thrown in. Arizona has basically given up those prospects and picks for nothing. And I commend Joe Sackick in sticking to his guns and and saying, nope, I want him and I'm willing to give up something. We will never know what it was that uh, of, on both sides. We'll, we'll really never know what the the devil. Uh, there's a chance we if, if there's any side that we might hear something on, it's the devil side saying like we this is who we wanted. We probably won't. Um, and I can almost guarantee you we will never hear on the Avalanche side who they were willing to give up. You're just not going to hear that because uh, if you're a player that, you know, two years down the road, so you, you you all of a sudden hear your name was in the mix, you're not going to want to play for that team anymore. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I mean, there's really nothing you can do about it as part of the business. But um, you're basically telling that guy, yeah, we didn't want you. And it's just not a good look. So you're not going to hear from anybody on the Avalanche side who they would have packaged together to go get Taylor Hall. But I think we know who it wasn't, and it wasn't Bowen Byram, it wasn't Tyson Jost, and it wasn't Martin Kaut. And it's been well known that Joe Sackick drove to see Martin Kaut, sat down with him and said, you're not going anywhere. So... In the end, was it did were the Avalanche really in it as much as we thought they were? I don't think so because th- those guys are probably the guys that the Devils wanted, and I'm sure the Avalanche were talking to them, trying to make the you know packages different 
and package something together that the devils would take and it didn't work out. And I was, I was one of those guys shouting from the rooftops, get Taylor hall and get him for whatever. I, I really thought he was, he could have, he would have been that piece uh, that would have made them God n- next to Boston, the, the favorite to at least make the Stanley cup and, and, you know, you can't say probably win it, but had an excellent chance at winning it. So because Joe Sackick was so steadfast on sticking with this roster and these prospects and this team and this franchise the way it is, we avoided disaster, potential disaster in a season not continuing and giving up. Can you imagine that if we had given up Say those guys that I just listed, say, say the devils wanted our top of the line prospects. And Joe Sackick said, you know what? The future's not guaranteed. Let's go for it right now. Take Bowen Byram. And that's the one guy who I, and I said this in the article and my high staking, that, that's the one guy I wouldn't give up, but just say they did say they gave up Byram. They gave up Jost and they gave up Connor Timmons. You gave those guys up for maybe nothing. And that's that's just cringeworthy at this stage in the game. So um, thank you, Joe Sackick, for not uh, jumping in with both feet like I would have done um, and completely maybe screwed this franchise a little bit for the future years. And I say in the article... Um, you know, sometimes it's frustrating being an Avalanche fan because they don't really make those big splash, big splashes come trade deadline or free agency. And this is the one time that it's actually a really good thing that they didn't do that. So, once again, Joe Sackick, you're good at your job. I'm just going to keep watching the Avalanche and doing this podcast and not trying to play GM. So, one thing that you guys definitely have to do is go to BuiltBar.com. And get an order of the best energy and energy and protein bars your money can buy. I said that I had an order in because the cookie dough came out. That order came today. And the cookie dough is as advertised. And it's just another flavor on the list of flavors that this company has come out with that is a home run. Uh, I And there's some flavors in here that I typically do don't like like I said I'm not a toffee guy I'm not big on like raspberry but how they have made these bars is like a candy bar and it's insanely healthy for you it's not loaded with sugar like the other energy and protein bars are and it's unbelievably tasting it's like a candy bar so if you want to try it which you absolutely should go to builtbar.com and at the checkout, enter locked on in the promo code and you will get $10 off your first order. It's a no brainer, guys. I know energy bars and protein bars are have been the rage for a while. And there is not one out there on the market, I guarantee you, like Built Bar. It tastes fantastic. It's not gritty, it's not chalky. It literally tastes like a candy bar. So go to builtbar.com, enter the promo code locked on, and you will get $10 off your first order. That is BuiltBar.com. Check it out. All right. So like I said in the beginning, 
the one thing that if we do get a hockey season that the Avalanche fans can look forward to is everybody will be healthy. The problem with that is everybody will be healthy. And why that's a problem is now you have an excess of forwards in particular and what to do with them. And again, over at milehighsticking.com, Nadia Archuleta wrote a really good write-up on the Sports Social episode um, that came out where the host, who is uh, Mark Mosier, we all know Mark Mosier, the radio announcer, Connor McGahee, and Altitude analyst Kyle Keefe, they talked about the lines. And and this is this is going to be, they're going to have to do a, a nice little dance when the time comes, if the time comes, to play some hockey and what you're going to do with the lines. Now, we all know the first line and probably even the second line is set. Um, and you can, and we're going to talk about that. We, we, we can move guys up and around, but you know, we know Landis Gogmakin and, and Ranton and they're there. We can kind of move them aside, but because all of these guys are coming back, you now have 16 players at the forward position and uh, Nadia lists them for you. They recalled Martin Kaut and they had been playing Vladislav uh, Kamenev, and they had Vladislav Nemetsnikov at the trade deadline, of course. So you now, and now you're getting back Rantanen, Kadri, Grubauer and goal, obviously Calvert, Colin Wilson should be back and will be back all by all counts. And McKinnon, McKinnon was on the injured list when the, the season came to a pause. All of those guys are coming back now. You know, without even thinking, you know, Cow is is going to be out. Kamenev is probably going to be out. And now what do you do with the remaining team? Nemetsikov, you traded for the guy. I think he is, you know, and he did well. He did well in those, I think, nine games that he played. Um he 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 was he he did what he was supposed to do, and it seemed like he was energized going from uh, a bottom level team to a team competing for a cup, um, and that was a great deal. In that, uh, that's what happens with players like that. At a trade deadline, they're playing for literally nothing, and overnight now they're playing for a playoff spot and a cup. Uh, their energy level goes through the roof. And to back up even a little bit more, like I said in the first segment. That deal that they made for Nemetsikov, uh, if the season doesn't continue and all you lost was a fourth-round pick in next year's draft, you can live with that. You can't live with all those other players that you gave up. Just wanted to throw that in the next two. So what do you do? So so the, the, the big argument and what she gets into in the article about the podcast is, I don't I can remember who it was. I think it was Mosier who left out. Of the entire lineup, Tyson Jost. And it's amazing that we're talking about Tyson Jost again. This is like the Tyson Jost show or episode. So the lines that they give, obviously Landis Gogman, Kenan Rantanen. The second line, Donskoy, Kadri, Burkowski. And then the third line, Nemetsikov, Komfer, Nechuskin. Fourth line, Nieto, Belmar, and Calvert. And I agree with what Nadia says in this article here. I do uh, if if you're going between Jost and Nieto, 
I would go Jost. I, I, I don't like sure Nieto is a good filler player. He plays hard, he works hard. Am I am I tricking myself into putting him in here as I'm as I'm talking about him? Uh it, this this is this is why it gets tough. Because who do you slot in? It, would it be, be between Nieto and Jost? And if it is, who are you putting in? Jost, when he was not traded at the deadline, played fantastic. That just lit a fire under him and just breathed some life into him. And he played very, very well after the trade deadline right up to the break. And I had said when the break happened, if there's one player that this is going to kill... It's Tyson Jost because he was he was playing like we have been wanting him to play for a couple of years now. And now you're on a break. Who knows how long the break is? Uh, you know, if if it does come back, if hockey does come back at all, and when it does come back, we could be on a three and a half month break. How much will that affect him? You can't expect you can't expect any of these guys to be at the level that they were at. When the season went on pause, we were towards the end of the year. They were all in a groove. And Jost was just hitting that groove. It sucked that it took that long for him to hit that groove, but he did. And now, does this three and a half month, again, if they start when we anticipate they might start, does that hurt him? You could go either way on that, but I would lean towards the yes, it hurts him. I don't expect him to pick up exactly where he left off. And again, I don't expect any of the guys to pick up exactly where they left off. But guys like Nathan McKinnon, you expect to kind of hit, maybe only take a couple periods or a game or so to get back to where he was. It took Tyson Jost since the beginning of the season to get where he was at the end of February. Can you anticipate he would do that again? Do you give him the shot? If you give him the shot, obviously you put him in there. If you don't, you put Nieto in there. So uh, I, I definitely think Nachuskin should absolutely be in the line because he has more than earned it. He's played fantastic this season. Clearly, Confer is going to be in there. Calvert's going to be there. What's going on with Colin Wilson? He's been out all season long, and they have been doing just fine without him. So he might be someone that gets benched for the remainder of the season. Uh, I, it's, it's tough to argue why you would put him in. He's got the talent. But what has he done to really earn that spot? And and who would you go up to and say, you haven't produced enough? You can't do that to Belmar. You really can't do that to Calvert. You can't do it to anybody on here. Not not even Nieto. You can't even do it with him. So Colin Wilson, I think, is is out. It would be really interesting to see what happens to him here on out. So uh, it's just a a logjam right now. In, in kind of navigating, I guess, the the, the bottom six. Um, because the top six, we know who that is. But I'll say this. I, we all trust Joe Sackick. And like I said in the first segment, you know, him not making any moves to bring in Taylor Hall is all the more reason why I trust him. Um, and I trust this coaching staff. I trust Jared Bednar will make the right calls and create the right lines when and if we get hockey back. Uh, but it's fun for us to speculate. And 
I, I, God, that is so, so tough to who do you, to me, it, it, that's who it comes down to is Nieto and, and Jost. And I think because you gave Tyson Jost that opportunity by not trading him and Joe Sackick and understandably so said he was never on the block. Um, and maybe that was a, a reason why Jost kind of stepped up his game <clears throat> thinking that, you know, the, the franchise wasn't even considering trading him. So now I got to step up and prove it. And if you give him this, this next opportunity to say, when we come back into play, you're, you're, you're in the mix. Maybe that's enough to get him jump started a lot quicker. Uh, because if you, if you bench him, who knows what emotional toll and that might play on his psyche. But I think you take, I think you roll the dice on him and, and put him in that fourth line with Belmar and Calvert. That's a solid line. Um, everything won't be asked of him. Uh, I, I think he can, I think he, putting him on the fourth line, you got to think he can play with anybody else. Uh, uh, the opposition's fourth line. So I give him the chance. And, and as much as I like Matt Nieto, um, I'm not in love with him, but. Uh, I think he's just the odd man out in all of this. And it's not against anything that he has done or hasn't done. It's just you you can't play them all. You know, there's rules, but you can only have so many guys. So, unfortunately, I think he is the man out. All right. Well, that's going to do it for today, ladies and gentlemen. But definitely send in uh, some emails or get a hold of me uh, through mainly on Twitter more than anything. Uh, but... I, I kind of want to know what what would do you think? Who would be uh, your twelve forwards? Obviously, I think the the MGM line is set. So behind that, you know, and and you know, you can get the cadres in there, and you know, I get it. But kind of what I was talking about in the last segment: who would you put in? Would you put Tyson Jost in? Would you not put him in? And if you don't, who do you put in? Do you keep Nemetsnikov in there? I mean, he's he's only he's a new player to the Avalanche. He's only with them for nine games, but you traded for him, so you must want him to play. What do you think? It's a very very interesting question to uh, to kind of tackle. And the Avs, like I said, it's a good problem to have. You have a lot of talent to pick from, but I kind of want to hear from you guys. What do you think? Who would you put in, and why? And who would you bench, and why? Let me know. Locked on Avalanche at gmail.com. Or hit me up on Twitter, L-O-P-N underscore Avalanche. No new news as of yet on the NHL. I said on Monday show, maybe we'll hear something this week. There seemed to be a big groundswell of, well, you know, we're going to hear something this week. I'm of the mindset of we'll hear it when we hear it. I'm not going to anticipate and say this is the week, and if it's not this week, we don't get anything. Maybe we'll hear something next week. Maybe we'll hear something next week. I have no idea, but... Time is getting thin, so you would think something should come up. Hasn't been anything up to this point, but it's only Wednesday, so we'll see Friday. If there's anything to talk about, we would definitely talk about it on Friday. Keep your uh, podcast of choice subscription tuned in to Locked On NHL. They will definitely be updating everybody on everything going on across the league. But if anything happens, I mean, if hockey's back, that's a huge story, of course. So we will definitely bring it to you. So that's going to be it for now. And uh, we'll see everybody on Friday. Stay safe. 
Here's Joby. Go, Abs, go.